friends, and welcome to today's very special soul chat interview with Debbie Dashinger. Debbie is a good friend of mine. I absolutely love her. We go into conversation in this soul chat around surrendering. We talk about chanting and allowing yourself to follow the energy as it presents itself to you. We also talk about writing books and visibility and so much more. I hope you enjoyed today's interview and I'm going to just tell you a little bit more about Debbie before we get started. Debbie is a media visibility certified coach who offers group and private sessions to write a highly engaging book. She also runs a fully done for the author guaranteed international best-selling book launch program and analogy book program. She puts the entire project together from start to successful finish. And last, Debbie teaches how to be interviewed on radio and podcast shows for massive results. For 15 plus years, Debbie hosts the amazing podcast, which is called Dare to Dream, which is also an award-winning podcast. And although she does love doing media visibility work, the core of her being is deeply spiritual. Debbie is musical. She sings and performs with a medicine music group. She also is into ET, UFOs, and is a galactic shamanic explorer who recently enrolled in a six-month shamanic energy practitioner program. You can find her at debbie-dashinger.com. We will also have some goodies for you to check out in the show notes. I hope you enjoy today's soul chat. I know that I really enjoyed having a soulful conversation with her. So let's dive in. Hi, Debbie. How are you today? Amy, I'm so happy to be hanging out with you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited you are here. You are a spiritual butterfly that I absolutely love. And I know that there are many people that have desires and wishes to bring their writing into fruition, and you are an expert at helping people write books. Can you talk about some of the struggles that people have when they have this desire to write, but then they don't know what to do with it? Yeah. Happy, happily, first of all, people throw money at things regarding books and they think, oh, I need to hire that person or this piece. They piecemeal the entire process. And that's scary because in the end, when they go to hit publish, they often will find out they shouldn't have spent that money. They didn't need to, and they didn't need to do things all over the map. It's not a puzzle. And it's also not a linear process, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I would say to get guidance right from the get-go so somebody can help you just be really smooth and clear on the path. The other thing is most people either never write the book they want to write mm -hmm. or they get some percent through and they abandon the book. It just becomes too much. So to be really clear about the project you're taking on and how to take it for the greatest ease is pretty strong. 
Because what I know is that if you're a supposed to be author, if you've got that dream or that desire, that message inside of you, it is so, so important for you to give birth to that book. That's the only time you're going to feel good. From a spiritual standpoint, what do you think is happening for the person when they bring that desire to completion? Such a good question. Thank you. I feel like there's this celebration of heaven that goes on Mm -hmm. because anybody who knows what it's like to get a download and the download becomes a desire to put something out in the world knows that until you complete that, you're not going to feel right with yourself or with the goddess, right? She gave you this gorgeous dream. And if not you, then it'll be given to somebody else. They're okay with it. They'll keep moving on. I have seen people not only celebrate spiritually the completion of something, because it's not always easy to write a book. It's not not. simple. It's really a big task, but it's a beautiful task to undertake. And I've also seen that people who do that start to realize, oh, what else am I capable of? I was able to do that, and that kind of felt impossible at times, but now here we are, and it was successful, and I'm complete, and I've got my message out, and people are buying the books, and I'm getting interviewed because of the book. I mean, it's this ongoing viral celebration, and it's also a great up-leveling. Spiritually, we're here to be messengers right now, and part Mm -hmm. of our message for not everybody, but for some people is to write that book. And if that's how you're getting your message or your story out into the world, then your visibility is going to exponentially increase. And that's very exciting, right? You want to be on media. You want your tribe to find you. You want the message you came here to learn and all the crap you went through that it's for some great reason. And often our wound becomes our message. So if that's the story of why you want to write the book or any reason, I think it's really important. It's part of why you are here, part of why you do what you do. So it's definitely a spiritual celebration. It's definitely an up-leveling and it's definitely your conduit to become visible. I love that you said the wound writes the message. Because so many people out there, I think there's, I don't know what to say, or is what I have to say important enough for someone to pick it up? But I think part of writing has nothing to do with the end result of what's being birthed. It's the birthing process itself and what wants to channel through you. When you think about just someone writing and channeling and sharing a message What do you think some of their hangups are in terms of where they get caught up in the the wound or the story and it it causes the channel to break? I have a client right now. um, He's a beautiful example of this. And when he came to me, before I let people join my ongoing Zoom class, I like to have a private Zoom with them. First of all, I want to prepare them, right? for what they're getting into. I want to know all about them and their book. And when I was with him, I was getting all sorts of messages for him about his book. And so I was just downloading, downloading and sharing with him. And he was going to write a book about the woman who had been his partner for decades and had since passed. 
And she apparently was this extraordinary human who traveled the world, very spontaneous, free spirit, huge healer, worked with amazing you know, healers all around the world. She sounded fascinating. So he was gonna tell her story and give her homage. And one of his issues, I'll just use him, I'll call him R. <laughs> and R had so many issues. He actually wasn't even a great writer. It's a little hard to say because you don't want to denigrate anybody. He was not a great writer. He didn't know how to describe things. He didn't know how to tell the story. He didn't know how to bring you in. And so lots of feedback, lots of recommendations. You know, one of the things we learn when we write is we don't have to describe everything because mm -hmm. for us as readers, we want to be able to see things like it's a movie. So you have to leave mm -hmm. some things off of the page. However, you also have to do things that create a visceral experience for us. So we're involved in your story and we're seeing it the way we see it. So a lot of coaching for him to get there. The beautiful arc of this story is with R that in the writing exercises and in his writing, and boy, he was determined, he kept going through, he made this realization that he was going to tell a story about himself and his life and what that opened up to him. Then he got the download and said, oh, my God, I actually think this is less a story. My partner will my ex-partner will play a huge part, but this is my story. And all of a sudden the flow began. So ah. it's OK, right? <laughs> you don't have to know everything in the beginning. You do your best. You get down the path. More sometimes is revealed. For some people, it's straight through exactly as they thought. For R, he had to do what he did until that piece came through. I and love that. And Amy, this guy has the most amazing life. Like he's writing these stories and we're the rest of the class with our mouths open. It's a brilliant story. That's so amazing. The wound, right? And his wound, as he's writing, he even said he had this huge healing around his mother, writing about her death. So my hat is off to the writing process because it has its own energy. A book is an entity in the best way oh, that yeah. comes through us and speaks to us and guides us and can heal us. Absolutely. And the process of writing it is very much a character building process, I think, because you're building character. You have good days, you have bad days. And as long as you just keep with the flow, it's going to reveal itself and what wants to be revealed to be shared, which is awesome. Now, did his writing get better? So much better so much better and that happens with everybody in my book writing class i have to say there is something about the discipline of doing something no matter how many days your brain screams i don't wanna <laughs> not yeah. today oh maybe this wasn't such a good idea to write a book i mean look it will all pop that's great thank you so much for sharing but we keep moving forward and yes his writing has improved so so much and i think that's part of the beauty of taking somebody's coaching and mm -hmm. adapting it, bringing it in, saying, okay, I'll try to do this. I'll try to do that. Doing writing exercise and letting things unexpected be born out of you. Everybody in the class, I sit back, I'm like, proud mommy. <laughs> I really am. I'm so, <laughs> so excited for them and what's ultimately going to be published. Yeah, it's, it's, 
the class is great. I've personally taken your class for writing, which was awesome. So if you're out there and you're thinking about writing a book or thinking about getting a, a writing coach, Debbie is definitely a great person to know um, for that. And I love the the process in which you assist people in uncovering their story and and just being really real with the process of writing. What got you into writing? I, wow, I had so many twists and turns. So I was in a corporate job and it was a highfalutin job, but I was not happy, made the best I could to be in a position like that to, and still remain very spiritual and creative it was interesting. And then I just realized like, this isn't working for me. But I had no, I, I was leaving a lot. So I had been a professional actress and singer. Then I had this corporate job. And then I, I just got this information. This is complete, which was really devastating to me because it yeah. was my identity. And I didn't know what to do, but it wouldn't leave me this message. And so I finally surrendered. And in that surrender, I just would follow energy. It's the only thing I did correctly. If singing with a jazz band sounded fun, that's what I did. If making jewelry sounded fun, that's what I did. And I sold it in stores. If going to Toastmasters was fun, that's what I did for three years. But there were levels of doing all these things. And of course, the universe is genius. It seems like they're completely disconnected, but they were so beautifully orchestrated on my behalf. And then I was doing voiceovers, cartoon work, and I loved it. Oh my God, I would love to hear some of your cartoon work for voiceovers. Okay. I it will sounds like so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> I was doing a big mouth bass and then the cartoon people found out that I sang and they wrote a song for me and they didn't have to hire an additional oh, singer. Fun. The best time of my life, making voices, like envisioning. Yeah. And I loved it so much. I wanted to do it more. I had an agent. She was sending me out a lot, but it was dry. It was commercials, narration. Wasn't really what got me going. I saw an ad for radio and I got the job. And I was doing this music show for two months thinking, oh, <laughs> I made it fun for me. But I really had to say to myself every day, you know, sweetie, if you want to go, we can give notice and go. Mm -hmm. And I was just getting to the edge and the owners of the station called me in and said, we love what you're doing, but we want to give you your own show. We want you to go home and think about it. If you want to do a talk show, tell us what that would be. And that was like, again, the universe intervened and I got all this information. I create dreams. I want to do a podcast called Dare to Dream. I want to show the world what's possible so they can be free. <laughs> That's where I started doing this radio show, having amazing people come on every week who were changing my life by virtue of having these conversations. And then I felt, and this is way before everybody wrote books, it was rare people wrote books, but I thought, how can I reach people? I know there's people all over the world listening to my show. I want to give them the system to create dreams. So I sat down without a coach <laughs> and I wrote, dare to dream this life counts. And it became a bestseller. And then radio shows started coming and saying, we'd like to interview you. And this whole 
wild, unexpected career was born. I had to learn how to be interviewed. And in doing that, I started a coaching system around it because others wanted to learn. Mm -hmm. I started writing more books. Others came to me wanting to be coached. Now, this is 13 years ago, so I've definitely honed my craft. For sure. <laughs> but it was a bit like skiing down the mountain of life, trying this, trying that, incorporating this and that. And then when it landed, it was like, oh, I'm meant to be doing this. This is I love that. And you know, like there's this feeling of like, oh, yeah, this is the lane I'm supposed to be in, which is awesome. And you said that, you know, you had intuitive guidance that you weren't meant to be where you were at at that moment in time. And so you surrendered and then you followed the energy, which I'm a big believer, follow the energy and spirit will take you where you're supposed to go. What is your practice? And it doesn't have to necessarily be the practice you did back then. Um, but what's your practice for surrender? Because surrender is a big hard thing for some people like what do you do when you are in a situation where you're like i don't know what to do or where to go or like i know this is the right thing but i gotta i don't want to disappoint someone where, how do you surrender mm. i'm actually reading a book i've got a book on audible right now because i want to get better at it mm -hmm. called, the book is called letting go and i can get way better at it wow. um i think sometimes when you're successful that you know how to work things or get things to work for you. And that's actually the antithesis of surrender. So for me, this is a work in progress. And usually I get to a point where either I don't know, I literally don't know. And then I have to just trust, you know, my, my center. Uh, I'm, I'm a two, four generator in human design, which means I have to ride the emotional wave. Mm -hmm. And I don't always know. Same is true sometimes for if I have like a serious, if I have to have a really serious conversation with somebody and they say things, I often will have to go away and process what happened before I can mm -hmm. come back. And so I think for me, it's allowing that space to say, this is incredible. I really heard what you said. And I know this is important and it is to me too. I'm going to think on this and I'm going to sleep on it. And I promise I will get back to you in a timely manner, right? Or I, I can say that virtually to life, like, because things are coming to me. And case in point, I recently had a big change in my career in that something that I don't typically do in my career kept coming to me. And clients kept coming to me. And I know there's actually a lot more clients who want me to take them on around this. And I have been a heck no for so long around doing this work. But part of what I do as a 2-4 generator is I fulfill need rather than me putting stuff out in the world. And so I had to listen. If this is coming up, Deb, Maybe you're actually exceptional and maybe it's okay that something is taking, it's not changing radically. You're adding this new path. Let's just see how it goes. You can make yeah. new choices. I think it's so important to remember whatever you decide, you can make a new choice. It's not prison. Well, that's it. That's evolution. And I think that sometimes people get so caught up in this is what I'm doing. This is my identity. 
that I can't go on a different path, even though literally spirit, God, the universe is opening the door wide open, sometimes pushing you through it. And you're still gripping on to the edge of the door going, I don't want to do it because it's scary. But I think that it's okay to like evolve. It's okay to change your mind on things too. And I think that if people like watch how they're their um, opportunities are being presented to them and following the energy of those opportunities and experiences, it makes things easier because you're in flow with it, which is really big and important. You are amazing at this. You're the one who I know you use this and you use this beautifully because when we've had conversations, when I've recommended people to you, you know, maybe you needed a new team member, whatever, you always listen, you're completely present. And I'm saying this out loud to your audience because they can learn from you for sure. And then you'll say, I'm thank you. I'm going to get back to you. I need to think about whether this is right for me. I think that's beautiful that you don't yeah. just jump in, throw money at stuff. You just really say, yeah. Hmm, that sounds amazing. We'll see. And you show up when it's right for you. I have a I have a rule, and that is, and because I have no wiggle room for not listening to my intuition. So if I get a no, it is a no. And if I do think something out of desperation after I was guided to say no, I'm going to pay the price on it. And so for me, it's it's if you listen to your inner guidance, internal system of wholeness, like it will go like, yes, that's for you. No, it's not. And you can figure out why it's no later and you can figure out why it's a yes later. But if you listen to that and just kind of sit with it, more will be revealed for it. Because like, I'll get a clear yes, okay, let's do it. Or I'll get a clear no. And I'm like, okay, let me sit with why. Because sometimes I want to do that thing. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yes. And part of surrender, I think also is sometimes we limit ourselves, right? I can only do this. I can't do that. That's way bigger. That'll be too much to learn, too much to take on. There's all of that just chit chat that limits us. And I think it's so important to go back to, oof, what is it I want to create? What's the long game? And am I aligned with that? Is this aligned with that? And how do I feel inside? I get so excited about stuff. As you know, I just joined a program that's going to start in two months and it's going to be a six month serious certification program. I'm so excited and for you. I'm so excited too. And, and I, think I that's part of like growing too. It's like, if you're excited about something, you know, if you put the work in, cause you can get excited and then all of a sudden realize there's a bunch of work that has to get done. And then your little gremlins talk you out of it. But if you stay excited and do the work, oh, something big's going to happen because you are guided to that place for a particular reason which I'm excited for you for the certification you're going to get. Me too. I could go down that road and I could say, well, what exactly am I using that certification for? Or I could say, oh my God, they said, if I don't put in, besides showing up live to all the classes, if I don't put in at least 10 hours, uh, you know, and, and I could be off to the races with on top of what I'm doing right now and on top of my life and when will I have time and can I take a trip in those six months and can I... There's all that stuff. And it's like, 
Thank you. Bless you. I always see it as a round table where mm -hmm. everybody gets a seat and then there's fear that's freaking out and trying to protect me, you know, and then there's the vigilant one, like trying to see everything in advance. And there's, well, the, you know, let's do this. Let's do this. And I just yeah. honor all the voices. And then, then there's the excitement and that it's always going to win. That's the power. What do, you, what do you do when fear is so loud? It's crippling. Like, how do you get out of fear if that's happening for you? Yeah, I talk to myself. I do. I talk out loud to myself. I let it have a voice. I do EFT, emotional freedom technique tapping. It is huge for me. I do it almost every single morning and it completely clears me. It also creates miracles. So I process stuff. Because I've definitely known fear in my life, and it is so bad for the body, you know? It really is. It's so toxic for the mind, and yet it was created by me at some point in my life because I felt I needed it. And so I honor that voice, but I'm also very much here to heal that voice. And I think that when I do things in spite of fear, which is what courage means, when I am courageous, that I'm continually teaching that sweet, sweet fear that it's okay and we got this. Yeah, you're safe. You can do it. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. Now, you are being guided to do some few things different in your business next year, which I'm excited for you to do. I think that as we evolve, things evolve and we follow the energy so that we can see where they want to go. What is something that you're really excited to do next year on a spiritual level in terms of like mindset or practices? Two things. The first is my music. I've got a band called Lions of Lyra. We do medicine music. We do beautiful, uplifting music, sound healings, meditation. And we are seriously evolving in that space and creating our own sounds. Uh, we have some amazing new equipment we've gifted ourselves with. So I'm very excited for the expansion of that. And that that is one of my healing gifts to the world. And then the other thing is for me to step into owning that I'm a healer. Yeah. That's been a really interesting journey for me. I've always worked with healers. I've worked with spiritual people, all my friends, my whole tribe. Oh, you're in the community. You're in the thick of it. <laughs> and we all recognize each other. So you definitely are a healer. <laughs> and I've known, oh, I'm clairsentient. I'm claircognizant. Yes, those are my gifts. But, you know, I got a download back in 2019 and the divine came through and she said, you are a healer, you are a shaman, you are a priestess. And I was, mm -hmm. I negotiated, but for four <laughs> days, <laughs> oh yes, I sat at a round table with the divine and I said, listen, I'm not going to see dead people and I'm not, there are things you can't make me. <laughs> she was so gorgeous and she was like, no problem, no problem. And the next night she came back. Oh, it was, it was genius. And the next night she came back to say the same thing, only she showed me what it was like to interact with dead people. And I was like, oh, this is not scary at all. It's not at all what your ego or the perception that you had of what dead spirits would be like to work with. 
I thought it was like the movies and it was going to be like a slasher experience. (laughs) No, not exactly. No, it was so different. So she was genius and she kept coming. And then the fourth time she came, she said, now I want you to seek somebody very particular for a blessing. And I'm like, I'm not asking for a blessing about this. These are the people I know this isn't me. I mean, I was so arguing. You were denying a true aspect of you, like a true essence of who you are. (laughs) It's a divine timeline that this is like ready for more to be revealed. Guess what? So I got that blessing. I got several that I was guided to do. And the universe was so kind to me. I was humbled. And then I did some past life regressions with some people and I was able to understand what I was being told. I saw some very clear lifetimes as priestesses, as shaman, as men, as really ancient, beautiful. And I was able to embrace that. And so this journey has led me to now signing up for this certification. And I am now saying it is a form of surrender to say, okay, okay, I'm a healer. I surrender come through me. I'm going to be coached and guided because I don't know what I don't know. Plus my past lives, which already know, Mm -hmm. and my oversoul, which already knows. And I'm just saying, use me, take me, guide me. I am on this journey. And I, one step at a time, we shall see Mm -hmm. where this leads. And I'm even excited for using whatever I learn in book writing, coaching, in the interview coaching, in everything I do with people, I will be able to work with them at completely different levels. Yeah. And the cool part is about like, as a healer, it doesn't look the way that most people think it looks. Every person that's a healer shows up differently with their healing abilities and how they're helping because you can work at, let's say McDonald's and be a healer and just having a conversation with someone that makes them feel better that's healing. And so it can look different for everybody. So I'm excited to see how this evolves for you. There is one thing you mentioned, which I'm super excited about. So when COVID was starting or happening, you were guided to dive into music. Can you talk a little bit about that and like how it actually helps from a healing perspective? I'm excited for you to chat about this. Amy, it's so interesting when you're asking me this question, I suddenly felt so emotional because thank you. I really appreciate it because your questions are helping me to realize this thing that I think I'm so bad at, which is surrender and listening, that the most momentous parts of my life are because of it. Yeah. And this is yet another, exactly. This is another example. At the beginning of COVID, I was involved in a ceremony and it was kind of interesting, weird, interesting because the divine showed up (laughs) and she, he said, uh, they were like giving me all these things to clear up in my life. And I took note, I took absolute note. It's not typically something that would happen in a ceremony, but it was just like, clean up this, clean up that. you know, get back in touch. Um, This is COVID. Start doing Zooms with your family back East. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I heard this question, whatever happened to music? I grew up on one side of my family, an extremely musical family. 
mm-hmm. very accomplished. My brother's extremely accomplished uh, composer and so forth, a musician. And, and I had done music my whole life. I, as an actress, I was a singer. But I let it go when I started radio 15 and a half years ago. Just so much of me to go around. I was very much at peace. And the divine came through at the beginning of COVID and said, what happened to music? I said, well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I don't know, but what are you asking? And that was the question on the table. And I was able to ask, or we had an integration circle at the end, and I spoke what had happened. And I shared, you know, when I was younger, I was an amazing violin player. And I gave it up when I was 16 because I was very social. And yeah, better things to do. <laughs> much better people to hang out with than a violin. And it's, you know, there's a little bit of regret in there because I was seriously good. And of course, the singing continued. So I shared and just said, well, that was very interesting, all of that. Now, listen, my life could have just gone on and it would have just been this question on the table, unanswered. And usually nobody speaks up in an integration circle. You're just, you just speak. But in this case, God bless, the shaman spoke to me and told me stories because he's an amazing musician. And he told me his story of giving up music and how he came back to it. And then he said, don't let this go. Mm. It never left you. And again, it might have sat on the table, but I really heard him. Mm -hmm. My boyfriend had also given up guitar. He was a professional guitar player for many decades in his life. And then he got into real estate and completely changed directions. He picked up his guitar. I started singing with him. And all of a sudden, a month later, we were booked at our first gig. And we have been gigging ever since. And something you said earlier really resonated with me about how we heal and how it manifests. One of the feedback we get often is that the room, when we do our sound healings or our performances, is permeated with love. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one thing I'm very good at is loving. And that is a frequency of healing, that that alone, if people can be immersed for 60 minutes to 90 minutes in pure love and then it's generated throughout the room whatever else they let in it is such a healing device so my journey was one where i was guided and thankfully because the shaman and then my partner stepped in it brought me all these years later to here and honestly you know i'm midlife and I think in my thought, my very limiting thoughts, uh, when I gave it up, it's like, yeah, you know, when you get older, you can't really sing and, you know, your voice changes and whatever you've done to yourself over the years. And one of the greatest surprises is that not only do I have a voice right now, it is better. And I had a pretty good voice before, but it is better than ever. I'm singing with a whole new abandon and spontaneity. And there are times when I get out of the way and just let, you know, the universe or whatever it is come through me to create whatever it is. And it's an amazing experience for me. 
I've always been so disciplined and now it's about the opposite. Yeah. I, I love that you followed the energy of that and you listened, even if you didn't take action immediately on it, like it landed and then you did something with it later on. But I think for, for me, music is one of the most healing tools that we have accessible in our toolbox. And I'm very like, for me, I'm very particular about the music I listen to. So for example, like if, if it's a breakup song and I have no context for that breakup song, I'm not going to listen to that song because it's just programming my brain to feel or think a certain way. I'm a big believer. Like if you can listen to spiritual music, it will change your perspective. It will change the way that you think. And the more spiritual music that you bring in, even if you're not guided to sing, it's programming the brain to, to think differently and it raises your frequency. One of the things that has always stuck with me with one of my spiritual teachers is the quickest way to God is to sing, is to chant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we do that and when we're guided to do it, it's just amazing. And I just love that you're doing because when I saw you on on social media starting to like post your stuff during COVID, I'm like, look at her. I love it. I love it. She doesn't care what people think. She's just doing it. And I just think it's amazing. And there was nothing more than you're just doing it because that's what you're being guided to do. And you weren't, and I'm assuming this, you weren't worried about the how or what was going to happen next with it. You were just what was presented, you were taking advantage of it and just doing it, which is awesome. And it's a beautiful time to do it. I mean, everybody wants to, you know, we're booked in a couple of weeks at a local place here to do a sound healing. You know, a lot of places are interested in us for that and et cetera. And, you know, P.S., my partner also, when all of this happened, went out and bought me a violin, a gorgeous electric violin. And... So it's no joke because it's been many decades since I played. He thinks it's like a bicycle. No. No, violin's really hard. Are you practicing it? No, I tried. I tried to follow some YouTube videos. It was awful. I was squeaking. So I think once my certification is done, that'll be my next at the end lessons. Take some lessons. That's exactly, yeah. I got to get coached and guided to do this well. I've only learned how to play one musical instrument in my life, and that was the guitar. And I, I learned a eight chord song the first time because I wanted to sing my soon to be husband the oh. night before we got married. I wanted to sing him a song. And so I needed to learn how to play this guitar. <laughs> so I only know how to play one song. And it was great. And I'll like fiddle with it and play with it, but I learned and now eventually I'll learn another song, but I think it's just so much fun. Like it takes a lot of different brain work to, to figure it all out. Um, but I couldn't imagine learning how to play the violin. Cause that's hard. That's really it really hard. is. You know, I play, I do play guitar and I used to play guitar and it was also many decades, but for some reason, when I picked that up, I remembered all the chords. It didn't take much. Yeah. With the violin. I don't know. Yeah. That's going to be a minute. It's but... a different, it's it's a different finesse, but I'm excited for you to, to play and practice again. I think it'll be helpful in 
see where it takes you. Some of my most deep spiritual experiences has been listening to violin and things like that. Because I mean, when you can really get into music, it can take you into like the depths of your soul in different places. So I love it. I love that you used to play it and I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great facilitator, isn't it? Getting immersed. I mean, since doing this, I've looked up so much about sound frequency to better understand what's happening. And it it's for real. It really like you can really real. geek out on it. Yeah. And I, I love that you immerse yourself in it. And I feel like I want to say we should, we should exchange playlists because I'd oh, love sure. to hear your spiritual playlist. I'm sure it's sumptuous and you know, I love yeah, it. My, my two-year-old, we will chant on the way to school and she loves singing, chanting music. And it just warms my heart because she just loves music in general. And she will fiddle on the ukulele and she'll fiddle on the guitar because my husband self-taught, knows how to play by ear and things like that. So that's why it was important to me to play a song for him um, before we got married. She's just obsessed with music. Music comes on, she starts wiggling her body because that's the thing. Music is a frequency our soul recognizes no matter what. And it will start grooving and shaking and moving. And it just moves energy in such like a beautiful, profound way. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun to to watch her do it too. Since I am not in, I can't be in your car with you in Tennessee when she does this with you. Can you say one of the chants that you do with her? We do the Ramadasa chants. It's Ramadasa sa se so hum. Oh, so we just like hum it out. And it's a really pretty song that she just starts singing to. And she likes anything that has like a high, high note to it. <laughs> She's a diva. She loves some Whitney Houston, some Adele. (laughs) She's really cute. (laughs) Oh my God. And what does that mean? It's Sanskrit, right? Yeah, it's Sanskrit. I have a tendency to be um, more drawn towards Sanskrit. I like like music that I don't understand. I don't know the English words to it. And those seed sounds are very powerful in terms of our soul's memory and recognizing them. The essence is I am the sun, I am the moon, I am infinite, I am that, and that is me, is the the essence of what that chant means. Mm, that's lovely. Yeah. And, and you have a nice voice, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I was on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Rose so, the occasion. Yeah. That particular chant all of a sudden it starts singing certain chants out of the blue. And that tells me it's time to bring that back into my chanting practice. Mm. And there are certain songs or certain sea sounds that I'm very drawn to. I'm sure you're very drawn to certain songs and music that you and your partner play, which is kind of neat to probably see what you're leaning into at the moment. And then it shifts and then you lean into something else and it shifts. Yeah. I like Mula Mantra. I'm sure you know that. And I also like Sam Garrett a lot. And he does a beautiful song, part English, part Sanskrit, which is I choose to live in love. And, oh, I love that. and I, what I love about the songs you're talking about, the chants, 
is that you repeat them over and over mm -hmm. melodically and they just literally live inside of you that vibration of what you're singing yeah and it's it's just it for me if i'm having a bad day or a bad moment that to me i'll play a chanting song i will sing it out loud and instantly your nervous system goes let me relax and the chant can be three minutes long like it doesn't have to be super long at all that particular chant that we do it's 13 minutes long so i love it i'm not worried about what time it is or anything like that we just do it and we incorporate it in our routine which i think is really important too now you you're doing music <laughs> you're doing book writing and you're doing visibility as well and we have a lot of spiritual listeners that we also have a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs that listen to um why is it important for spiritual entrepreneurs to have visibility in their business I think most spiritual messengers, we have done this before. Mm -hmm. We have been the heralds of different times when often to do that meant trouble. Now there are times in history or parallel lifetimes, et cetera, other planets when it was just fine and accepted and part of life. But if you've lived through a time, even subconsciously, you don't even remember it, where you got burned or killed or tortured, whatever, mocked, then I think it's often will show up mm -hmm. in this life. And people will think, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't be visible. I'm too afraid. What would I say in an interview? What kind of message do I have? And that's just how it manifests. But in truth, you really came here with a pretty darn good mission. And so I teach visibility to spiritual messengers because, well, they are who I am. That's who I attract. And that's, I, I'm in love with, frankly. And those are the people who, it's funny, you know, oftentimes when somebody is the most doubtful, they usually have the most prevalent message. Mm -hmm. I agree with and, you on that. And that's who I really want to support is like, it, it's actually, I will show you how to write a book easily. And once you finish the book, I will take your book to a guaranteed international bestseller so you can be you. I will show you how to be interviewed on media and podcasts so you can get massive results. Like, let me show you how. Take all the noise out of your head. I think it's our time. And we are living, you know, a lot of people, not everybody, but there are enough people who are afraid right now or looking at the world and going, oh, what am I doing alive? And this is terrible and, and it's overwhelming and what else could go wrong? And I think, I mean, besides my interesting point of view about it, that yay that all this crap is coming up to be healed and seen and exposed to the light but now it is our time to step up it yeah, is absolutely. our time that's why we're here why we agreed to be here and how are people going to find you if it's yours to write a book then write the book how are people going to find you if you don't have a voice you're not speaking from stage or you're not being interviewed and media and podcasts so your tribe your community can find you so you can help them you're here to help people and you've got an interesting point of view because of everything you've been through this life or any other and so you know bless you you took it on yourself to be seen and heard find out how to do that so you can be seen and heard yeah 
you help people do that through, I know you have a five-day visibility challenge coming up. And oh, if so you're fun. listening to this and it's already started, you can still join. Do you want to tell people about that? Yeah, this is a five-day challenge for podcast interviewing. And it is really fun. I show up live each day and it's about 45 minutes and that's it. And you get another piece until by the fifth day, we put the whole system of podcast radio interviews together. So you can be a guest and go out there and do this. That's the whole reason I, I want to help. And I can tell you that I did it five months ago. I don't do it often. So it's good to get on board when I do it. And five months ago, the folks who were involved are already being interviewed. I had a gal who came, uh, she lives in, so people around, all around the world joined. This particular woman lives in Germany. And so she followed everything she learned and she got interviewed. And so we start to learn where's a good show, where's not a good show, how to get a yes, what to do when you're on the show, what to give to somebody so they have all the right materials. There's a lot to it, how to repurpose your show afterwards. So she learned all that. And so she found a show. She was interviewed on YouTube. Now, it was only like 750 people, which is not a lot, as most people know on YouTube. So it was like, a very, very, very small show. She said, one of the hosts was great. The other one was not great. This is wonderful. I love to teach people what to do with that situation. And she did the show and she came out that week. She got two new clients and five consult calls. That's amazing. Think about what are, what that, that percentage was just 10% of this who watched her. Great percentage. Exactly. So, you know, just imagine if you got on even a super medium show with like 5,000 people and you did an interview, that's 5,000 people you'd never meet otherwise, well-nurtured audience. You probably would not speak on any stage unless you're Tony Robbins and have 5,000 people in the audience. So you're doing it from your home or office. It's 30 minutes of your time and great ROI. And if you were doing a launch or a book, or you just wanted new clients, you did that five times a month, just one month, you get, you would meet 25,000 new people. You could fill a workshop, right? Fill your database. There's so much that can rock your world. So this is why I teach it. And plus post COVID, everybody learned immediately who was out networking, speaking on stages, going to workshops, <laughs> that all yeah. ended. And it's like, I need to be online in a big way. Yeah. It's your lifeblood. So you can do it with interviews too. So yes, five-day challenge. It runs for five days. You can actually buy it after if you yeah, don't you want to attend live. Study on it. So we'll put the link in the show notes. So you can definitely find that in the show notes. Yeah. And if, if you guys are interested in working with Debbie and her book coaching program, we'll also put the link in that too. Check that out. Debbie is an amazing coach for book writing. She has helped me with my book. She's great. So she'll have you thinking about things in a different way. Before we wrap up, what is one thing that you're looking forward to uh, from a spiritual standpoint about you becoming more visible? Amy, I'm changing right now so much. I am not going to recognize it myself for sure. I, amen. Amen. 
I'm excited to meet the new me that's emerging because I, I just, I'm working with a lot of people right now on me and I've taken it on as a, a loving mantle, like deep healing work right now, deep exploration work right now. I have a feeling everything's going to change for me. And I can't think of a better spiritual message, certainly how I show up for my clients. They will be benefactors and my dog and everyone in my life, but mostly me. I'm really looking forward to what's going to be created exponentially moving forward for who I am, for what I create, for who I'm becoming, all of that. So it's a deep time for me as the world goes through its banana rama healing time. I'm doing the same, right? (laughs) I'm fully aligned with the world and humanity right now. But as I heal me, also I send that out to the world. So I think that's important. Great question. Thank you for that. You're so welcome. There's, I think this new year coming up is a big one. Like, I think it's a really, really big year coming up for most people, depending on where they're at in their cycle and what lessons and experiences that they're working on for the year. But it's, it's going to be a big one. And I think that it's really important for us to shake off the cobwebs, be willing to meet the new aspect of ourselves that really wants to emerge. And I'm excited to see what emerges for you and what evolves for you. Cause you're going to be doing some big things. So I'm so excited for you. Thank you, love. Thank you for your support. I appreciate it so much. And for all you do in the world, you're a, a great light shower on oh, the path for a you. lot of us. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I hope you guys enjoyed our chat, our soul chat, and uh, check out the show notes for the links to check out Debbie's Invisibility Challenge and book writing as well. So thanks, Debbie. Thanks. All right. Bye, guys. Yay, you've made it to the end of the show. That shows me that you are committed to evolving and creating the life you truly love and desire. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. Make sure you click the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. We have shows going out semi-weekly and also please leave an honest review. I would greatly appreciate it if you did. If you'd like to receive a free gift from me, head on over to theimmyrobison.com, theimmyrobison.com. Claim your free gift. You'll also find that link in the show notes. I'm sending you lots and lots and love and light. Many blessings to you, my friend. Bye.